Hey y'all, it's your girl at Joy Leah and welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. Today I am going to be talking to actor, producer, director, Mr. Messiah, aka Daniel, aka Go. We about to go y'all, so y'all just sit back, enjoy this podcast, because we are Backstage with Joy Leah and Mr. Messiah. Again, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. I am so excited. We're going to have a great show today because we have the man, Messiah, on Backstage with Joy Leah. We're going to be backstage talking to him about his new project, Blended. We're going to be talking about all his reels, all his work that he's just been doing in the entertainment industry, and it has been at least 15, 20 years. So I'm so excited to see where he started and where he has gone and where he's going next. So, again, Messiah, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. How are you? Fantastic, Miss Lady. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Look at you doing your thing. Joy Leah in this thing. Getting it in. I love it. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you and, you know, you taking your time to, you know, be backstage and talk about everything that you got going on. That's what this show is about. Just literally chopping it up, talking about, you know, back in the day, what was going on now and what the hell is about to go on next. So tell us, give us a backstory a little bit about, you know, you and getting into the industry and just all that good stuff. Alright, so, you know, I started writing that in about seven. I started off writing short stories, then it evolved into poems and, uh, you know, more extravagant and in-depth short stories, then news articles, then sports articles, then raps, and then, um, just kept going. So then, uh, my dream job when I went to high school, when I went to college, I thought I wanted to be a sports writer. And perhaps at some time in my life, I still will, maybe when I'm 90 or 100 years old. <laughs> I go to uh, you know, high school basketball games and, you know, report on who had the most points and rebounds. But, uh, I realized that Clark Atlanta, man, through some of the electives I was able to take, that I really had an affinity for writing for more TV and film. So, you know, a couple electives, Dr. E was my professor, shout out to Dr. E and Mrs. McDonald and the whole mass comp department. You know, they just really put that bug in me and just, I just loved it. So, uh, we did a couple short projects, short films, and on campus, we did like three short films. And then when I got back to Chicago, um, I did a documentary, and that was really my first project. Uh, it was the story of, uh, God bless them, man, but two young girls that were uh, struck and killed by gunfire here in Chicago, man, by straight bullets over there in Inglewood, and uh, my father's situations 
for about a year and a half because I wanted to, you know, tell the story that happens, the stories that occur after the news cameras leave and after the marches and all the, the everything dies down. What happens to these families? What happens to these communities and the people around them? And I'll give you an example, man. Like, you know, one of the stories, her name is uh, Sarita White. God bless her, man. She passed at her own birthday party. It was a birthday party, and um, some guys were on the porch. And some other guys that were in tour with the guys on the porch, they rolled past and uh, just aired out the crib, you know, aired out the guys on the porch and obviously missed those guys and uh, hit her. And, um, you know, man, just wanted to use the medium as a an advocate for change with uh, with with film, and so did that uh, documentary for like I said, I followed it for about a year and a half, and then after that, uh, you know, just that story just stayed on my mind. Like, man, you know, what does violence really mean? I mean, of course, we know that things happen, man, and we're not going to see these people again. But what does that ultimately mean? ultimately mean not only for society but also uh, for these families and communities and just everything so the, the thought it was around the time that uh, Barack was having his first run at the presidency and I was like man this man is alive well he is doing these things he's running for the presidency potentially becoming the first black uh, president in history but he is doing these things because he's alive to do them what if Barack Obama had gotten hit with a straight bullet when he was 16 or 17, but let's say had he lived, we've been able to see what he's doing. And then that's what uh, my first stage play, Dreams Deferred, came from. So Dreams Deferred happened in Chicago, man. Shout out to Chicago. They came out. About 900 people came out to IIT. And that's what I knew, man. I'm like, man, this is what I'm here to do, man. This is, this is my, one of my life's purpose. So since then... I've been going on to do about uh, 10 original stage plays from God's grace between here, Chicago, uh, here in Chicago and Atlanta, um, and Milwaukee, took a couple plays on the road. Um, we just did a show last year called With Mars Meets Venus at the World Renowned Every Crown Theater. Uh, and that went really well, like right off uh, the cusp of the pandemic. And, um, you know, then transitioning during the pandemic, I wrote was fortunate to write uh, a couple other screenplays. So now I'm looking at two uh, feature film screenplays I have ready to go as well as two TV shows that I've written, two positive TV shows. So uh, just doing my best to just be an overall brand in the media industry from uh, stage, uh, film, and TV, and everything in between. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's kind of the, the long story short of how it all got cracking. Uh, here we are. Oh, wow. Now, you had, you know, it seemed like many opportunities presented in front of you, especially when it comes to, like, acting and being, you know, a writer and producer for plays. Where did that inspiration, you know, kind of come from, even though, you know, you've been writing plays and doing stuff since you were seven? Where did this come from where it's like, no, I don't want to do anything else. I want to do this. Yeah, well, you know, for the longest, man, up until, honestly, recently, I've had, like, two, three, sometimes four jobs, you know what I mean? And then yeah. plays and TV stuff or whatever was, you know, what I could do, I did my best to do it when I could, but I've always had, like, full-time jobs where they would be in. So it started when I was at, at Clark. I mean, I've always been a hustler, man. I mean, 
whether if it was shooting dice in the hallways at Brawley to working a uh, part-time job at MCI to uh, working full-time in sales to working at Amazon, I mean, working at restaurants, you name it. I pretty much did it as far as, you know, keeping the lights on and keeping the bills paid because I never wanted to necessarily be, this is no knock on anybody, but I never wanted to uh, be a starving artist. I couldn't. You know, I have family. I got three sons that are very active in their lives, and I obviously have myself and my community to take care of. So, I mean, I had to get money, and, you know, Sometimes you know, it can be months in between when you're doing a play, especially when you're self-producing a play. So um, I've had full-time jobs. So I just did my best to always, uh, you know, not let my jobs get the best of me where I didn't pursue my passion for creation and for media. So I would just, I mean, it would be on my lunch breaks at my job. I would be writing in the hallways or writing on my scripts or, you know, using, uh, working on my scripts or using the, the, um, the, the, the print machines at the job to print off my scripts. One time I left, I left the scripts in the printer one time. The manager, he's like, man, what's me? He's like, all right, no, this you. No, ain't nobody else in the office doing shit like this. So, you gotta be your ass. And he ain't firing me, man. He said, hey, man. Do you think? You know, you're saying, yeah, he, he was just like, I know you don't plan to be here forever, man. I know you're not going to retire from this job, but, you know, in the meantime, do your best not to be slipping, you know what I'm saying? Don't, not to let it happen again. So, yeah, so I do appreciate it, man. But, yeah, so I've always had to make money, man, one way or another. And uh, I just was fortunate. You know, I think like Tyler Perry, when he first started, Harley, and this is no disrespect to him, but I think this is the truth about him, that Harley, nobody came to the shows. He did, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was losing for the first couple of years, but uh, I think, you know, my experience was a little opposite. Chicago was coming out to all of the shows. You know, we would sell out before showtime with a lot of the shows and have to add second shows. And we would just, you know, I was able to make a nice amount of money off those plays, and I thank God for it because, you know, shit, they helped me survive out here, you know, with three boys and take care of myself. So, uh, but the passion for it really came in one, you know, wanting to really established a name for myself and for my craft and for the stories that I was telling. And I knew I had to do that in a very uh, provocative and uh, attention-grabbing way. So a lot of the topics that I would address in the plays and the productions would be things that I knew that people would potentially be interested in, whether it be, you know, whether related to you know, sex or relationships or dating or, you know, passion and life, just things that I feel like that are sellable, that are marketable, that people want to buy, you know, because this is a business. You got to make money in this business to keep going. I mean, everything costs. You know, it costs to rent out the theater. It costs for actors. It costs for your props. You know, and everything. So, uh, and I also learned to write from a, a non-extensive perspective, meaning to write in a sense where it's not going to be expensive to put on this production, but just make sure that the writing is, is tight enough where, you know, people may may not even realize it. it's not, like, I don't even have, when I do plays, I don't have sets. So I, I go off people's imagination because we didn't have a lot of money to build these extravagant sets and different things that you might see. Let's say if you go see a Tyler Perry show or right. Hamilton or whatever it might be. So literally, I would have it. First, when I first started, I would have a couch here, a table there, just have, we would have stadium chairs running that stuff off, on and off real quick, you know, when we would go to black. But now, you know, we use different other methods where it's a, pretty much a blank stage. And I'm going off people's imagination that 
you know, we're in a house right now, or we're in a car right now, or we're at a church right now, and then, you know, I use different other elements that I want to say right here, so, you know, I want to give people my ideas and shit, but I use different <laughs> other elements that establish our scenes. Right. That, that was a very, it's been a very good, cost-effective way to, again, play off people's imaginations, play off, you know, their understanding of where we are in the story, but just make sure that the content and the writing and the acting is up to par that we, they forget that there's no set there anymore. They just see that this is a story that they're following. So just been using those as my techniques and, um, you know, been studying the game, studying the own of my craft as much as I can. And uh, here we are. Wow. So, I mean, you basically gave us a lot of information about where your creativity came from, how you come up with this stuff, which is great. And I so appreciate that because some people feel like they need the coin. They need the money. They need, I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this and not know how to step out on faith and make things work. But it seemed like you really honed in on your craft and how to express your craft in a way where it will be cost efficient as well as, you know, suitable to your lifestyle. So let's get into Blended. Let's get into your new docu-series, right? Oh, it's a, uh, it's a dramatic TV series. Oh, okay, dramatic TV series. You know, some people call them docu-series or whatever, but this is, a, this is a, like a soap opera? Essentially, yeah. So a docu-series would be an example of that would be like uh, like the new documentary series that's on about Tupac, the Mama that's on. Uh, oh, Netflix yeah, right on, on, yeah, I see that. It's, it's a documentary series about a, a real, actual person who obviously Tupac and Afeni Shakur, God bless both of them. But uh, what I'm doing is like a power or... Oh, yeah, yes. Like so, yeah, so you have, you have these characters that are creative. It's an actual creative, fictional type um, show where, I mean, I'm glad that this is coming back. I'm not even going to lie. I'm tired of reality TV. I'm so <laughs> tired of, like, it's good, but now that people marriages and lifestyles are fucking up, I want to know that that really happened to you and this was you. I'm okay with knowing Erica Kane on you know, General Hospital or on, you know, one of those shows and knowing that this is a, a character. So it could go as far and as crazy as it wants to go. But when these reality TV stars do it, it's like, okay, you went way too far. I didn't expect a real person to do this. But I'm glad that we are getting back into these ghost shows and, like you said, power and these shows that have real drama. I want to cry again. I haven't cried. You know, like, I remember I used to watch Charmed and certain shows. I used to cry. Like, I was really, I knew these people. I'm glad we're going back to that because you really could tap into people's emotions and seeing what's going on. So tell us more about your dramatic drama you know, blended. Yeah, man. I mean, again, for me, it's always about studying the game, studying people, studying the marketplace. And drama will never go out of style. People no. always want to see some type of conflict, some type of, uh, you know, just not necessarily fighting, but just how this character is going to get out of this jam. Yes. How, how these characters going to figure out this situation, whomever the characters are and whatever it is. And I, I love that, man. I, I thrive on it. So, 
Uh, I do my best to just create things that I would want to watch myself. You know, I like a good, compelling story. I like character-driven, uh, decent character arcs to these characters and, and stories that um, I can either relate to or not relate to, but I just like a good story. So Blended, um, it follows the lives of a, an African-American male architect. He's secretly dating this uh, Caucasian school teacher, female okay. school teacher here in Chicago, and long story short about it, you know, they're kicking it, having a good time and all of these things, and when they first start dating each other, they really get to, getting serious and getting involved, it's at the height of police brutality protests here in Chicago, so, okay. uh, and so in real life, a young man named Laquan McDonald was shot six times by, 16 times by um, a Chicago police, a former Chicago police officer. Uh, Van Dyke, who was sentenced to uh, merely a couple of years in prison. But when that video came out, I don't know if you were here at the, at the crib at the time, but, you know, the, the city wasn't playing. I mean, people were out protesting, shut down, uh, intersections shut down, expressways, Lakeshore Drive was shut down. I mean, people were not playing on the protest. So this story takes place, blended, it takes place on the backdrop of all that police brutality going on. And uh, in the protest surrounding police brutality of the Quan McDonald shooting, and again, you have this black man and this white woman secretly dating each other because of that fact, because we as society may not be accepting of the black man dating the white woman as much as maybe we should be. You know, love is love, you know what I mean? But at the same time, everybody yeah, doesn't want to hear that because of, because of race. So long story short, okay. uh, we figure out uh, throughout, you know, the series that she's pregnant. She becomes pregnant and she gives birth to twin boys. And they black. One of them comes, one of them comes out as dark as me and you. The other one comes out looking like a straight white boy. Oh, wow. And we follow their lives for the next, you know, five seasons. And we'll really see how these young men they come from the same mother and father, but how their lives might be different based on the color of their skin. The color of their skin, exactly. So, wow. Blended. I see yeah, it. And then you have, you know, like even for my family, man, like my mom and dad, they're not racist, at least I don't think they are. <laughs> but I will say, like, I really feel like, let's say if I was dating a white woman and then brought her to the crib for Thanksgiving, I think my family might be like, Damn, bro, really, like, I mean, we ain't racist, but out of all the women in the world, you can find out one black woman between Chicago, Atlanta, and all these other places that you go, you really can find out one black woman. So, you, you know, so even my own family, and yeah. they the most loved people you'll ever meet. But, but you know what? I'm not going to front. My, my brother is married to a white girl, and her name is Charlotte. I love her, and my little nephew, Emery, I love them to death. And, yes... That may be the first thought. Because trust and believe. I'm like, bro, we grew up the same. I only date niggas. Like, 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 like. Even, he may be mixed. Puerto Rican, black, something. But he definitely black and something. So, it's somewhere. If you that person. But, you know, normally it's just chocolate city over here for me. And, yes, I felt the same way. I would say that, like. You couldn't find that. And, and my brother only dated black girls. And then he brought her home and married her. But you know what? Like you said, love is love. You can't help who you love. How, whatever situation you was in, like, 
I mean, I didn't really even get that deep into it because I'm like, I'm not fucking up, so I don't care. You know, I'm not saying like that, but it's not, that ain't my woman. It, I don't get too deep into people's stuff like that. It's like, okay, my, you and your, my dad, that's, that's y'all stuff. <laughs> that's my daddy, you my mama. I can't get too deep into it because I'm not that into it because that's not my love interest. But, you can't help who people love and it's, and it's just crazy and I did think people would be feeling some type of way but nobody actually did which was strange nobody yeah, was really like it's like it got really brushed under the rug like oh yeah she's white okay like <laughs> you know we have like it, I, I really thought it probably would be like okay this that you know like my mother's the blackest mother just, it was like she was just like okay, <laughs> like a new time. No, yeah, yeah, no. You, I was gonna say new times, but you, what you said is even more efficient. Is you know true love, like when you just let people do them. Exactly. You know, I think to, to truly love somebody. It's not a selfish love. Well, I love you based on the condition that you're doing this, that you're dating with this, your race, or you go to college. Right. You know, you don't sell drugs. Like, I mean, even Jeffrey Dahmer, when, when she found out, you know, his mom found out he was killed, she cried. I mean, yep. that was her son. Yeah, that's true. No matter how much horrific shit and stuff he did, yep. it don't matter, you know, that was still her uh, baby. baby. So, I mean, yep. love is love, man. And I think that we as people just leave people alone. Like, I, I look at even with my sons, like, man, as long as you're not out here hurting anybody, you're not hurting yourself, you're enjoying your life. I couldn't care less about who you date or what you do. You know, as long as you just, it, it's, it's legal. <laughs> I get, get in trouble and I got to come pay you out of jail. Hey, cool. That's fine yeah, with me. Live, like, live your life. Exactly. Yeah, and then even like on the heels of, uh, I forget the lady's name, uh, that just passed that, you know, allegedly said, you know, the whole Emmett Hill situation and all of that. I mean, it just goes to show how far we've come. And that was in, what, 1955? Yeah. You know, the Emmett Hill situation. And now, like you said, I mean, if a man, I mean, it's not even just black and white. Like, if it's Asian and Hispanic kicking right. together, nobody's really... Tripping, tripping at, like yes, that. like yeah, you don't like, belong here type situation, yeah, you know? Like sick dogs on them or, you know, put fire holes on them and stuff like that. I mean, like, no, I mean, people understand that, I mean, this is the world that we're living in and it's, it's not slowing down anytime soon. So, That's true. But I think, like with blended, I'm always, I'm a, it's just like, a, you know, I'm a firm believer that you have to start somewhere with story. You have to have an attention grabber yes. in story. Green bean casserole. 
and then start sending that out to people because I'm a huge believer in in the law of demonstration, like the laws that govern the universe, the law of gravity, the law of attraction, the law of demonstration. And the law of demonstration states that I believe it states that when you are very interested in something or you want something, you desire of something, you have to, and I'm not just talking about anybody else, I'm talking about me, like I have to make steps toward that goal within the world that I live in, meaning I can't just be sitting around waiting for so-and-so to come rescue me or, or get shot. I have to do what I can, as much as I can, where I am. Right. So we put up our own money, set up a GoFundMe, you know, we, people were gracious enough to well, donate. Yeah. All right, so now, Blended, how do people watch this new series and this new drama that is going to basically be like on Netflix and Philo and on Prime and on all the TV Tubi, even though I hate Tubi, but Tubi be having some good shit. Don't hate on Tubi. How do people watch Blended? Yeah, I, I'm speaking, and we we receiving all of that on you know, all of those platforms. So right now, we are actively pitching it to uh, Hollywood executives and uh, producers and production houses. And God willing, it will be picked up uh, really soon. So that's the plan, man. We've been touring it. Uh, the proof of concept, the first 15 minutes of it, we've been touring it. Uh, we did a training in Chicago in February. We did one in Atlanta in March. And so we'll probably maybe hit Dallas and maybe go out west. So. Uh, and then the film festival market. So uh, hopefully it'll be coming to a film festival uh, this spring and summer really, really soon uh, near you. So uh, stay tuned for Blended, man. That is the new move of God willing. You'll be seeing it uh, everywhere you need to see it. The final is right for home uh, right now. Not even yeah. real soon, but right now. That's the plan. Yo, that is so tight that you got, like, in that world to where you like, I'm already pitching it to my pilot to different people i'm already talking to hollywood execs i'm going to the film festival i already have it you know youtube whatever you got it like it's that's just so tight to even be in that category of knowing the steps and you know what you have to do to promote your own show and be your own boss i would just say in that type of way like you know, I just got a couple more questions from you. I'm not going to take up all of your time, but I, I need to know. <laughs> like, you know, you know, you being a black man in this game, like what makes entertainment, acting like the thing for you and even being a part of that industry, like what mark are you trying to leave? That's a great question, um... I enjoy it, man. I really enjoy it. I, I think that uh, it was, I mean, don't get me wrong, money is great, and uh, potential fame, that's cool, but it's something that I thoroughly, genuinely enjoy. Like, I I can do it all day and night. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, man. It's, you, it takes a lot of discipline, and you may not feel like writing all the time, but is it all comes when it all comes together. Let's say you write something, you dedicate yourself to something, you write it, and then uh, you produce it, and then you hear people laughing in the theater, or you see or people running up and tell you, like, man, Joe, that was cool. Or even if they say they didn't like it, but to just give people a certain perspective that you know, your story has, I think it's pretty cool, man. And you get paid to do it. Like, it's not illegal to do. It's fun to do. 
Uh, you meet great people. I mean, we've had people with some of our shows say, man, you know, they were having a rough day, but then they came out to our show, and, you know, they walked out smiling. I mean, that means a lot to me, you know, to be able to impact people in that way, you know, and, and just give them something to think about or, or have them share and laugh with each other. Like, I'll give you an example, man. Like, it was a couple, maybe a year or two ago, and it was a young woman's birthday, and her friend posted on her um, Instagram page. She was like, yeah, girl, we'd have been through it all together. You know, from Central Pay to um, this, the so-and-so concert to the penis monologue. <laughs> so, like, she named our play in her... Shout her, out. Her, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, you know, like, they must have really enjoyed themselves and was laughing and enjoying themselves to the point where it is a year or two later. She reminded her friend of that, and that means a lot to me as a producer, man, to be able to give people those moments of, of fun and, or drama like that, and, you know, sit on the edge of their seats, you know, watching something that we've created, and I can do it all day and night, and that's my passion, man, so, as, and as a black man for my community, it means a lot to me, like, for instance, you know, one of the plays I play, a guy named, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's called a history lesson, the name of the play, and I play Emotep who was the first architect, engineer, and physician in history. And six months later after we did the play, I'm walking down 55th here at the crib, and I hear some shorties running up behind me like, hey, Emotep, Emotep, didn't you play Emotep in this play? I'm like, man, y'all remember that? Like, yeah, man, Emotep, they didn't even know my real name. Emotep. And I said, you know what, I'll be Emotep forever, man, because, you know, that... That just means a lot. Yeah, that's the mark. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, that I can be a decent uh, contributor to my community in my own way. So, and hopefully you're taking it from the south side of Chicago to the moon. From that to the continued and passion. Yeah, that's straight up. That is so real. Not even to go back to the penis chronicles or the penis monologues. monologues. (laughs) No, no, seriously. You left a mark. I ain't even gonna lie. When it came out back then, like what that was about six years ago, and that was like the thing. Everybody was going to find out what this penis monologue was, and I mean that even left a mark. So I just like, especially me reaching out to you and 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 just knowing you and how you are. You've always had. You've always been an onion. It was always depth in layers and depth and layers to you. You was never just I'm just a guy that go to Clark like everybody else. You always had your quiet moments, your this moment, your whatever moments you had a lot of layers to you. So to see from where you started in the mass calm to the penis monologues to now a soap opera. Like you know not not to say it like that, but to now a drama series it just shows the depthness and the artisticness that is in you on what you see going around in everybody not just one person and everybody and that is so true to me i ain't even gonna front because i've seen you in plays i've heard i've watched your work and you are literally growing in a different way than a lot of other people. You are really tapping into your artistry. 
you know what I'm saying? And tapping into like some Denzel shit. Not to say it like that, but learning this, I could be this person, I could be this person, I could be this actor, I could be this actor, I could be this person. That takes a lot. You know, it's it 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 it's it, it, sometimes scary too because some of these actors go too far <laughs> in their roles. But you seem like you're more level headed. You have your time in between. You have your reality moments. You being from Chicago, I know you got way more reality moments. So that is just so just wonderful to me to see your journey. What is next for Messiah? Like what? Is, I mean, because I know you got something brewing. I know this blended is going to be something big, but I know that ain't going to be it. You know, you've done so many, you've tapped into so many areas. What is next for Messiah? Well, well I, I sincerely appreciate you for all those kind <laughs> words. I'll make sure I'm going to see some food that money up. Some lean to something. Just give me a bottle of tequila. I take that. No, just, uh, I'm just doing my part to, you know, be with. I do my best to just be in, uh, in alignment with God, what God want me to do. That's what it's all about. I mean, before I write anything, it's not necessarily about the money or the marketability of it. It's truly about if it's something that I feel in my heart and soul that God want me to do. And this is the next step. And, uh, and with, with everything, even the penis monologues, you know, I'm here to create hopefully what I haven't necessarily seen before. Um, and, yes. and waves that I haven't necessarily seen it before. So something new and fresh. Well, it could be something that we all know about. I mean, we all know every man walking around here has a penis. You know what I'm saying? So a penis nah, is really ain't nothing about that, though. But, <laughs> but perhaps, you know, we can present it in a manner that people necessarily haven't seen it before or maybe it gives people more in. Like, the, one of the best compliments on the penis monologues was it helps some women understand men the men in their lives, whether it be their, their fathers, their sons, their spouses, their, you know, their uncles, their brothers, it just helped to give them more perspectives or uh, another perspective to the men in their lives that, because the men sometimes, you know, you know, we, we can be quiet, we can be to ourselves, or we don't share everything that might be on our hearts, and I think, you know, production and media can help do that. So, to ask you a question about what's next, uh, I'm really... We're doing our best to just uh, package up everything that we, we have. Like I said, I have a couple more uh, projects as far as you know, scripts that are ready to go. I have uh, TV shows that are ready to go. I got films that are ready to go, concepts for stage plays. I mean, my goal is to stay ready. Have, have TV, TV shows, films, and plays all running at the same time. Okay, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, like everywhere I go, and you know, when we first came out, I mean, and I'm not even just saying it, but a lot of people were like, man, this dude is, is going to be the next Tyler Perry. Yeah, I can definitely that see that. Years ago, but you know, hopefully, and I'm not knocking Tyler, I mean, because he, he did what he did. Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, the characters that he's created, I'm not putting on necessarily going to put on the dress to do it, <laughs> but you know, God willing. Uh, we know with the content that we create, it can, it can generate that much excitement and buzz and, you know, uh, uh, I guess following, if you will, the people to follow with it and, and rock with it. So that's what's next, man. Hopefully you'll be seeing, you know, got gold content everywhere you look, man. TV, film, stage, uh, yeah. you know, your tablet, 
commercials. I'm very interested in, in uh, modeling and voiceover work, all of that stuff. Yeah. So whatever God got from me. Let's I'm go. Let, let's yeah. go. Go, go, go. That's your go, name go. for real. Yeah. So, um, how do people get in contact with you? Like, you know, they, you know, they, they cause if they want to watch the penis monologue, if they want to watch Blended, if they want to watch any of your plays or anything of that nature, like how, what's your contact? I know you ain't giving out your phone number, but what is your social media type information that people could get in contact with Messiah? My boy. If you want to see, see anything, they'll be 20, 30 hours. I make any and everything happen for you to see the world. Hello. You see me that, baby, that, that money going to talk, so I'll make sure you get a link to play it or anything else you want to see. Hello. For a couple of hours now. But, uh, yeah, Messiah, Equiano, E-Q-U-I-A-N-O on all platforms. Uh, so that's on, uh, well, I'm really pretty much just on Facebook. I got an Instagram page, Echo Equiano. So Messiah Equiano, you can yeah. do that. Or you can email me, mequiano at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm around. You know, I'm around. And God willing, I'll be around for a long time. So, That's you know, good. Yo, some in my ear just keep saying prime, 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 prime. Prime, prime. So I don't know if Blender is going to be on prime. But something, I don't know why that's keep going off in my ear. Prime, prime, prime. But this right here is needs to be seen by the world. This needs to be a story that is told that has never been told. The story of Blended. So I'm so excited and so happy that you took your time out to be on Backstage with Joy Leah. Got real intimate with me, y'all. That's why we have the Backstage with Joy Leah. And, 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 and just... The people that I know, I just thank God that I've got to meet some of the greatest people in the world. This man right here is the man when it comes to Hollywood, all right? They like Hollywood, Hollywood. So I do appreciate you taking the time out. You giving us your regiments, your things that you do, how you got into the game, you know, how you shopping around. You really spit some true gems, and I appreciate that because the next generation needs it. They think it's going to happen overnight. It's not. It's not. This boy has been doing shit since college, and he's still doing it. But that is the track record that you need to get where you need to go to do the things that you need to do. I would say it like that. Well, I will say, man, I mean, I'm not here to dictate anybody's, uh, and, you know, I've even seen that in Hollywood myself. Like, you know, I'll go out to Hollywood and meet certain people. I won't, again, say any names, but they ain't low-key tell me, well, you need to start in this place. Like, you need to start as an intern first. Or you, know, you need to start. I'm not here to dictate anybody's uh, rise, you know what I'm saying? If it happens overnight for somebody, hey, cool. I mean, if you, if you study the game and if you can, like, a lot of these, you know what I mean, like like TikTokers or, or people that, that are putting together content now for maybe 20-second hits or uh, minute hits on, on Instagram, they blowing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some people might say, damn, I've only been doing this two weeks or a month or whatever it is. I'm here for it, man. So, you know, the game is definitely changing. Obviously, there are a lot of different outlets uh, for you to get your content out. So, I just say, man, follow your heart, man. Do what's best for you. And, you know, sometimes you got to turn your blinders off and your ears off to the world and, and listen to that drum that beats within. And that'll always lead you in the right direction. 
And maybe it might be overnight for some people. So I'm just here to do what, like I said, what Spirit got for me to do. And uh, that's what I'm hoping to keep listening to. Yo, more gems. Thank you so much for taking your time out, being on Backstage with Joy. Leah, yo, we will be back with the next segment. But we were backstage with Mr. Messiah Daniel. Let's go with it, ass motherfucker. Let's go. But thank y'all. We will be right back. We're backstage with Joy. Leah.